We are in Romans chapter 8 right now as a church, and we have been in Romans chapter 8 for two Sundays now. This is Sunday number three, and we will be in Romans chapter 8 for a few more. Uh, and, and then, you know, I think it's going to pick up pace a little bit, but there's just so much that's here in, in Romans chapter 8 that we really have to slow down and pause for just a little bit. And, uh, you know, two weeks ago when Jim started off with Romans chapter 8, it starts off right off the bat with the fact that when Paul is saying that therefore now, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He starts right off the bat. Amen. There is no condemnation. And as, 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 as it goes on, as it goes on, talking about this, you know, living life by the Spirit and to set our minds on things of the Spirit is what Paul's talking about. And this, this setting our mind, it's, you know, it's, it's setting our focus and our energy on things of the Spirit. And I was thinking about it with like, I don't know what you set your mind and focus to these days. One of the things that I set my mind and focus towards is retirement. And uh, some people laugh, right? I go, right, I'm 35 now. I have, I have 30 years, right? But they talk about retirements like the long run, like if you want to start investing for the future. So my mind, this has been, this last year has been on my mind. Like I have 30 years to the day where, you know, some, at some point I'm not going to work at a job and how am I going to have income, Right? You know, Scripture tells me that, you know, if I'm a married man and have a family, I'm going to have to be worried about some things of this world, by na- just naturally, in retirement and providing for my, my spouse and my, my children. So I'm thinking about these things. So in thinking about these things, you know, I'm, in, I'm investing some money, so I'm looking into finding, you know, you've got, you got your, you know, your stuff through work with your 401Ks and your IRAs and your simple IRAs and all this stuff and money market accounts and stocks and all these things. So you're researching and researching and buying this and when's a good time to buy? What's this? What, which companies do I want to invest in that are going to be here for a long term? So I'm checking the stock market in the morning and I'm checking it in the afternoon and I'm checking it once the market's closed and I'm checking it even later. Is it going to go up tomorrow? Is it going to go down? You know, and it's just, it's kind of almost like it, it, it consumes you. And I'm focused on it. And then I find myself coming to things like this where I go, am I, personally, have I set my mind on things of the Spirit with the same intensity as my retirement? As planning for this? Because I want to be a good steward. I want to plan. I want to be able to provide for my children. But do I focus on Jesus with the same intensity? Some of you might be thinking, focused on retirement too, you can be focused on many different things. But living life by the Spirit, being focused on the Spirit. And then last week, Evan was looking about how, you know, we have victory through the Spirit. You know, if I try to do battle with sin and defeat sin, I lose. Just, I'm dead in the water. There's nothing I can do. But it is through the Spirit, through our relationship with the Spirit, that we can have victory in those realms where the Spirit is going to enable us to have victory, but it's not through what we do in our battle against it. And then that brings us today where we're looking at in Romans chapter 8. So if you're willing and able, if you stand with me, we'll read God's Word together. It'll be up here on the screen. Last time I was here, we, did, we read like a novel together. And uh, this time, it's one slide, so you don't have to be like, well, what's next? Like, this is it right here. Here we go. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. This is God's word. You may be seated.
I've, uh, I've always enjoyed stories. I've always enjoyed storytelling. You look at Jesus. Jesus was a storyteller. He told lots of parables. He used lots of stories to, to illustrate his teachings. I, I've always just I've loved stories. And for myself, I like stories, but I don't like reading. And uh, so, so naturally, I like movies more than books because uh, I can just watch it, right? So I've always loved movies, and movies have always been an important piece of my life and storytelling. And, and one of my favorites of all times is Star Wars. And when I'm talking Star Wars, I'm talking about the original series, okay? I'm not talking about anything new that Disney's making or what George made. Yeah, whatever. The originals, right? I like Star Wars, so there's going to be a little bit of spoiler alert here, but my, the, my favorite, the best Star Wars movie of all time is The Empire Strikes Back. That's a non-debatable fact. And in that story, right, we have the greatest lightsaber battle in the history of Star Wars and that ever was and that ever will come that they're going to make in the future because there's going to be a lot of it, as we all know. We have the battle between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, Cloud City, Bespin. They face off for the first time, and they're locked in this epic battle. And, you know, there's this part where, like, Vader gets the upper hand and literally cuts off Luke's hand. And so there's this break in the dialogue. There's this, there's this break in the fight, and there's this dialogue. They're kind of been talking this whole fight, and, and, and they've been engaged in this huge battle. And Darth Vader says, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. And Luke, like, you know, he's got his arm cut off. He's hurt, and he's just like, he told me enough. He told me that you killed him. And Vader says, no, I am your father. No. <laughs> We've got some Star Wars fans. No. And then Luke goes into like this meltdown, right? I, I remember being really uncomfortable with that scene as a kid. Like, man, Luke's getting kind of whiny and like, what's going on here? And, you know, he's just realized that this guy that he's been fighting, the, the most like evil guy in the whole galaxy, is his father. It's his father. It changes the dynamic. And then the next movie is all about Luke trying to redeem his father, to bring his father back from the dark side. And here in Romans chapter 8, we have that, that, that drop, that twist, that Paul has introduced that we are sons of God. So we have a, this, this story is, is similar to us. There's a little bit of a role reversal from Star Wars. And there's a little bit slightly different order of events that happen. Slightly different order of events. We are all God's creation. But one thing that is clear is that we are not all sons and daughters of God. I don't know if you've heard people that have said this, like, oh, we're all God's children. Like, just kind of nonchalantly. And maybe in conversations, which that's, that's not true. We are not all God's children. We are all God's creation. John, in his gospel, in John chapter 1, verse 12, he talks a little bit about this. He says in verse 12, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. He gave the right to become children of God. They were not children of God before. But for those that believed him, those that received him, he gave the right to become children of God. We've been given that right. We are, we are all rebellious creations. 
Rebellion. We've rebelled against God. As Evan looked at last week in, in, in the beginning here of chapter 8, that there's, there's this war that we've been raging against Him, but in our flesh, when we're in this state of sin, we cannot please God. We cannot please Him. We've been in rebellion against Him. We've sided with the enemy. We've sided with sin. And we've waged war against our Creator. But God had a plan to redeem creation, to redeem us. In Paul's letter to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, he reveals a little secret. I don't know how secret it really is, but that it's God's desire for everyone to be saved. There's not a single man, woman, or child that has walked, is walking, or will walk on this earth that he does not want. I think it's something important for us to wrap our minds around because there's definitely people that I don't want to be children of God. All right? I'm being honest with you. Maybe there's a coworker you don't like where you go, I don't like them. It's okay if they weren't a child of God. Maybe it's your boss. I don't know. They're really mean. You don't like them. Like, I'm going to write them off. Like, we'll have everybody else except for them. Or you look at someone and you go, that person's really, really bad. No, not them. God wants... Our Heavenly Father's desire is He wants everyone. Nobody excluded. Nobody excluded. And that this is done through His Son, Jesus. What Jesus Christ did on the cross and His mission that He came here to fulfill and the price that He paid, He did it for us, to redeem us. I find it interesting, if you've been reading through Romans here with us as we've been going or been doing some reading on your own, I would encourage you to take a look at the book of Galatians. Because apparently the church in Galatia was struggling with very similar things. And a lot of very similar themes that Paul talks about here with this, this, this uh, adoption as sons and living life by the Spirit and what the fruit of the Spirit is. But here we have this, we have this twist that Paul has introduced that we are God's sons. God is our father. He is our father. How does, this, how does this change the narrative in our lives from rebellious creations to that have rebelled against the creator, that have waged war against the creator, that have been traitors against him, to now that we've been adopted as sons and daughters of the king? We've received this adoption as children. We haven't received the adoption of slavery and to fall back into fear, which is the life that we all live. There's a lot of things to be fearful of in life, is there not? But we received the adoption as sons and daughters of the king, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. This term, this term Abba is... It's, I always find it as an interesting term because it's not one we hear thrown around very often these days, right? Does anyone call their dad Abba? Right? No, doesn't think. It, yeah, it doesn't happen. It's, it's an intimate term for father. It's like dad or daddy or I don't know. Does anyone names they call their father? Pops, Papa, right? Maybe you have unique ones that you're too embarrassed to share, right? But you've got unique names that we call our Father, that we get to this intimate relationship that we can cry out to our Father, to our Daddy. And this cry is this deep, it's a deep-seated joy, it's a raw range of emotions. 
that we can cry out to our Father. I, uh, I have children, and I love them dearly. And uh, even just this morning, uh, Josh came up to me, and he had eaten yogurt, obviously, already on his own because it was all over his face and his stomach and his hands. And uh, he's learning. Like, that'll be a great thing when he can totally just feed himself. We're just like, yes, one less thing to do, right? He can feed himself. But he's, so he's obviously, he's had yogurt already, and I'm getting ready to go because I'm coming here. I've got to preach this morning. I want to get here a little early. And, and so I'm eating this protein bar because I'm, I'm late. And he comes up, and he's just like, oh! Daddy, can I have a bite? And here he's floating around me like a little butterfly, right? His hands are flapping and he's just dancing and excited. It's like, Daddy, a bite? Can I have, can I have a bite? It's like, how can I say no to this? Yeah, yeah you can have a little bite. Not a big bite, a little bite. You know, it's like, yeah, you can have a bite. And it's just this, this dancing around. And, you know, my daughter comes up, Daddy, 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 Daddy. That we get to, they come, your children, they come to you. We get to come to God. In the same way. Daddy, oh, look at this. Look what I'm doing. Daddy, let me share with you what's going on. We also get to deal with daddy when we're dealing with anger, right? Or futility, or we're weary, or we have doubts. We get to come to daddy. And we get to come to daddy with all of it. I, uh, yesterday I was at the mall. And I remember before I had children, we'd go to the mall, and it's like you'd walk around the mall, and we'd buy stuff. Now we don't buy stuff because we have kids. And uh, <laughs> we'd walk around the mall and, like, do whatever we want and, like, go to a movie, whatever. You know, it's kind of like now I go to the mall. I go to the play area. Like, we just sit at the play area, and we play. And, and my daughter, <clears throat> the oldest, she pushed over her brother, right? It happens. And she pushes him over. And, you know, so I call and say, Rebecca, don't push your brother. And she walks by, and she looks at me. I can't even mimic the look. I don't know if you can see my eyes, but she, she looks at me with this look of, I hurt you, but I'm not even going to acknowledge you. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> so then this is where I turned into my parents. You know, when you, you find yourself turning into your parents. And so I said, Rebecca? And I did, I did one of these. We made eye contact. And I did the, I dro- dropped, the, dropped the face, looked at her from above the spectacles. I'm watching you. Did you hear me? And then she, you know, don't look at me like that. And then later, you know, like 30 minutes later in the bathroom, I was taking her to the bathroom and she's like, Daddy, I'm upset with you. Why? Like, why, why are you upset with me? Because of this, this situation that just played out. I'm like, oh. You're upset with me because I called you out on sin and want to correct you. That often can be the father-child relationship, right? We get to cry out to Daddy when the nightmares come. When the unthinkable happens. There's a lot of things. We get to cry out. Dad, we are given that as a right, as his children, to cry out to him when we have no idea what's going to happen and it seems like there's no hope or it's just desperate. Like, Dad, I have no idea what's going on. 
we get to cry out to him as our father. And what good father isn't going to lead his children? Isn't going to lead his children. It talks about here being led by the Spirit. If we look in John chapter 16, if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn there, John chapter 16, verse 7. I always like this verse because it kind of emphasizes to me sometimes just the importance of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes like, I feel like in church we, we hear an awful lot about God the Father, and then we hear about God the Son, like Jesus. Like, all right, we're good. And then the Holy Spirit is like the third wheel to the party. It's like we don't hear about him very often. But here it says in John 16, verse 7, it says, Nevertheless, Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven here. And he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, it's the Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said, um, therefore I said that I, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit has work to do. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts us concerning righteousness and judgment. But it says in verse 12, I still have many things. This is Jesus talking. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. There are some things like we can't hear until we're ready, right? If God had told me when I was taking out a lot of student loans to get a degree in Christian ministry and leadership that I would be paying off these loans uh, to be a custodian, I don't think I would have signed up for it. Because I don't want to take out, I don't want to be paying off all this debt and being a custodian. Like, what? That? No, I don't want to do that. There are things that he's going to tell us when the time is right. And he's going to do it through his spirit. And the things that the spirit is saying are not things that the spirit has made up on its own. He's saying what he's heard what he's heard in the conversation between the Father and the Son. And he's speaking to us. He's speaking to us. He's leading us. As I, as I think about this and just living life by the Spirit and being involved in church, I've grown up in the church my whole life. I, I, I don't remember a time where I didn't get in trouble for doing wrong things. Um, and... This verse, it just it has, it has come to mind, because this was a terrifying verse. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23 for me. Growing up, you hear this, and it says, 
In chapter 7, verse 20, says, it's Jesus talking again. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That used to just terrify me. Like, wait a minute, these people did things like for God, and when it, you know the scene he's describing is after death, after the resurrection, standing before God, entering His kingdom. It's time to enter in, and they're finding out here now. Depart from me. I never knew you. And I go, like, I've grown up in the church. Like, could that be me? Like. Lord, how do, I, how do I avoid this boat? Like, how do I, I, I don't ever want to experience that because this has everlasting, eternal consequences. And here he says at the beginning, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does what? The will of my Father who is in heaven. How do we know the will of our Father in heaven? By walking in step with the Spirit and our relationship that we've built with Jesus Christ and knowing Him. He says there at the end afterward, and then He declared to them, depart from me, right? Because I never knew you. It's very important that we know God. We offer Bible study classes during each service, like for the adults that you can go take. And there's times where I go, what is the point of me reading this, the Bible? Is it so that I can just know more, like, knowledge or be more holy because I've read the Bible more? No. This is, this is the tool, this is the vessel that I use to help get to know God more. Do you know me? He says, depart from me because I never knew you. Do we know God Evan kind of reiterated last week the importance of us knowing God. It would be my hope and my prayer that anyone that calls Life Point home, that this would never be your situation. That when that day comes, you will know God, that you will know Him, and He will know you. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 16, he says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit, that we are children of God. Here we have two spirits being witnesses. Not just one, but two. We have the Holy Spirit in ours. I find that often my spirit bears witness in the opposite effect of the Spirit himself. Paul talks about earlier, when I was here three weeks ago, looking at the last part of chapter 7, there's a the kind of struggle that Paul points out of, you know, I do the things I don't want to do and the things that I do want to do, I don't do. And this, there's kind of this struggle with, with sin that he's experiencing. There's this like tug of war back and forth of I know what's right, but I don't do it. And the things that I know that are wrong, I end up doing. And it's here that this struggle with sin, this struggle that Paul is talking about is evidence of the spirit at work in Paul. If there was not someone else pulling, if there's not two sides pulling on the rope in tug-of-war, it's not tug-of-war, is it? 
when people don't have a struggling with sin, it's because it's a one-sided battle. But Paul, as he's talking about this struggle, as I, I feel all of us as believers have experienced, we've experienced that battle, and that battle is part of the evidence of the Spirit at work in our lives. He's given us as his sons. And the question is, do we submit to the Spirit? Do we submit? If you have your Bibles, if you want to turn with me really quickly to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 14. I've, I've got the verses up here on the screen too as we, as we look at this really quickly, but I've underlined a few things that I've underlined in this passage over the years. And uh, so if you'd like to underline them as well, feel free. But here in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul's writing. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons. Through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, in which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, We'll look a little bit more about this inheritance next week in Romans. Having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Our Heavenly Father has poured out on us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. I've, I think for myself, often like my, my prayer life can be focused on uh, material blessings that I want from God. Because he's God and he's got all things right. I could use more money. I need a bigger house. You know, I don't feel well. I need healing for this. Like, a lot of things that are focused on the physical. And I don't often take time to stop and think the fact that here, as Paul has talked about, that our Heavenly Father has already blessed you as a believer, as his son, as his daughter, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. <laughs> that you've been forgiven, that you've been redeemed, that you have been made holy and blameless before him, that you have been chosen, and that he is an inheritance for you, and that he's going to reveal to you the mysteries of his will. Our Heavenly Father loves us, and this, this seal, the promise of this inheritance, the way you know that you have it, is that you have the Holy Spirit, and that we're living and walking in step with the Spirit. 
being led by the Spirit, will be fulfilling God's will. So if you have your Bibles out still, I didn't underline this one as we read through it. But if you look in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10, we have God's will for all humanity, all the world, all the universe, is revealed right here. I guess technically backing up a little bit in verse 9, right? Making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. Everything that God's wanting to do was set forth in what he did through Jesus, what Jesus did on the cross. And this is what it was for, as a plan for the fullness of time. This is the plan for all time to unite all things in him. Things in heaven and things on earth. God's will is that he wants everyone. And he wants to unite all things, all people, in heaven and on earth, everywhere, to himself. So as we're leading lives led by the Spirit, it's going to fall into the overarching mission of what God is doing. It's going to be uniting all people to him. As we, as we live lives and walk in that way, is what we're doing doing that. God... Jesus himself came to share his Father with us. And he wants us to be people. We've been, we've been adopted into this family. We've, been, we've become about the family business. Right? Back in the day, a lot of times your profession was whatever your parents' profession was. We've been adopted into a family, and we are now a part of the family business. And the Father is interested in all people. And he wants all people. He wants to unite all to him. And this is God's will. And the Holy Spirit is going to help us on our journey as we walk through life, helping fulfill this mission. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you loved us. Father, that while we were still sinners, while we were rebellious against you, you died for us. And Father, that you've allowed us to be adopted into your kingdom, that we have, we have full rights and we share in the inheritance, we share in a relationship with you, that we get to call you Daddy. And Father, that we can come with you to, with everything. You want us to bring to you everything here. You delight. You delight in us. You can handle any questions you have. You can handle anything that we can dish out. And Father, we thank you for that. Father, I ask that you would be transforming us and that you would help us to be people that live and step with the Spirit, that are focused uh, that are focused on you to the utmost intent. Father, there are other things in life that we become focused on that we have to, but that you would be the priority. And that we would do that as we move forward in life, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our communities, in our world. And Father, we love you. In Jesus' name.